Okay, next topic. So, everybody, um, what do you, just give me a short feedback for for the first the first hour, the first um, issue, the business and ministry. Do you agree? Do you completely disagree? If you disagree, I'm more than welcome. I I I, I embrace uh, disagreement. I learn through that. So, yes, Alex. Oh, uh, I was talking to my friend, and you know, having like uh, even a, a specific location, you know, we want something like out in the woods where nobody can find it. But actually, like trying to go out there and put it in a location where people can actually get to it. You know, to me, it was a problem. It's like, oh, I want to be out there with the world. That's what my mentality was. And he was trying to convince me that you need to be where the people are. <laughs> and not even that, just simple things like that. You know, I, I'm just trying to think because it's, it's hard for me to understand. You know. Yeah, that's a that's a actually a very simple business uh, decision that needs to be made by any ministry or any business that starts is location, right? It's one of the marketing piece place, right? And and um, I'll say this to tie it into our the the next common mistake of fanaticism or or going to extremes. Um, the question on location, I think traditionally, has had a little bit a taint of this, where we have been so focused traditionally to go to, to be outside of the cities and to be separate from the world and separate from sin, and we try to, to be as far away as possible from the cities um, that, we can, that we can kind of build our own little castle and... and 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 be holy on our on our you know on our little on our little campus you know and most of the time we get so absorbed in building our castle here that we forget about the cities right and and most of the time many times that's not even a focus to be to be working the cities because we're focused on raising our children and ra- you know and doing agriculture if you're doing agriculture everybody in this room knows it takes time right and so and so you, everything takes time. Training your children takes time. Agriculture, and these are all great things, <laughs> you know. And this is the this is the most difficult thing about fanaticism is to figure out what is priority, right? What is priority? If we're majoring on minors and minoring on majors, that is considered a, a form of extremism or fanaticism right so for instance if we read all the texts and this is what happens uh, and and this is what also this is talking about is 
how do we read Ellen White? If we read, just read the quotes that we like, even, I mean, and I've seen it so many times, we even read the same quote and it contains everything in it, but we only see the things that agree with us. For instance, you know this quote. We are to work the cities from outpost centers, right? We are to reach the cities, but we are not to live in them, right? But to, to, to work from outpost centers and from there go into the cities and preach the warning message. You've, you've read these quotes, Testimonies, Volume 9, right? All over. And so, and so, but when I read these quotes, and I read and I've heard these from many seminars and many places, right? And they read these things, but all they focus on on this quote is what? Yeah, it's all about the outpost centers. But we forget, and we actually don't read it. We don't really understand it. What the main point is of that text, what is it? To work the cities from outpost centers. So the point is to work the cities, you know? <laughs> I mean, but we completely forget that part, you know? And then, and then there's one quote where she says, there was a, prog there was a, a, a project she saw in vision... Uh, it's about 35 miles outside of the city. Something like that. And one of them, she says, oh no, that was in, in Spanish. It was 56 kilometers or something. I have a friend in Honduras. He read that quote, 56 kilometers outside of the city. He didn't, he didn't read all the other quotes, okay? So she just saw this one. He's like, oh, that's the divine <laughs> measurement from a city to... The project, the outpost center. So he actually put a, a circle, what is it called? A, 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 compass. a compass around the biggest city where he was from. And he, put a, he made a circle in the map, 56 kilometer circle. And he looked at all the properties around that circle to find out what the divinely ordained property that, that was supposed to be his. And he did this. And where he... Where he actually bought the property, welcome. Where he actually bought the property is exactly 56 kilometers from the city, okay? This is how it is. And so, and so he thinks this is the most, you know, divinely ordained place in the world for him to do ministry. And everybody outside of the 56, <laughs> Wildwood is way too close to Chattanooga, right? But, you know. But this is part of the problem, right? We like to read certain parts of the quotes or certain quotes, and we don't like all the other quotes. And so, but if we study, if we do a comprehensive study of all of what is read, of all of what has been written, then we can find out, actually we can find the principles behind why she's saying what she's saying. And when we find those principles, then we can apply them also in 2016. 2017. You know, th this is this is our problem that we try to say. Oh, no, it's exactly what it says. Now, do we need to follow exactly what these things say? What these texts say? That we need to follow exactly to the word and to the tittle, right? What it says. But how do we follow it? Well, if we just followed the 56 kilometers, you know, then we we were also not able. To, to ride any bicycles today. <laughs> uh, we all agree, right? Yeah. 
well, why did she say these things, right? This is what we need to accept the fact that we need to, we need to actually understand the principle behind what she's saying and then apply that principle for our time. If we don't do that, then we are stuck. We're really stuck in whenever that was written. For instance, 1 Corinthians 11 is another really good example. If we did 1 Corinthians 11, then all of our ladies here will be completely out of place. You know what it says there? All ladies should have a head covering, right? This is what it says. If you just read the text, huh? Well, some churches do, yeah. Some churches have that. Some, some very conservatives that, that, that do not accept that there's actually a method on how we should interpret the Bible so that we can understand it for our time, right? This whole idea of, of timing, time and place in which, it's in which it's done, the context, the historical context, the literary context, we must understand it. If we do not understand it, then we're all stuck. Why did he say about the head covering? Just so we understand that. What was the problem if a woman did not wear a head covering during that time? These were uh, women of ill repute. Ill repute. What were they doing? They were harlots. They were prostitutes. Okay, so all of our, our lovely women right here would be looked very bad upon during that time. But today, we, that, that's not a problem. I don't, you know, I'm not going to, I don't judge anybody, you know. You know what I mean? Like, of course not, right? Yeah, no, that's not a problem today, right? So then, the, then that application does not apply the same way. Now, should we dress immodestly? I mean, you know, what are you going to dress so that you look so you look like a harlot? You know, well then, yes, don't don't dress that way, right? So this is actually a principle of of dress reform, if 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 you want to say that is applied for our day to day okay so these things and 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 bicycles i think you know the example right we know what it meant in during that time that we still need to apply for today right so it doesn't mean that 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 part of the bible or that part of of ellen white's writings is not applicable anymore no it's very applicable but we need to know how to apply it, how to understand the principle, extract it, and apply it into our time. Yes? You know, Jesse, that's a very good um, saying because she says to herself, when it comes to her counsel, a time and place must be considered. Okay. Let's read. There's two quotes here. My Character Personality, page 148, uh, volume 1. It says, we should be guided by two things. True theology... And what? Common sense. Common sense. How does that work? Common sense is not very common. Huh? Very often. Huh? So, so it makes, you know, just even if we don't understand all the interpretations and uh, the methods of, you know, hermeneutics of how to interpret the Bible or how to interpret Scripture, common sense tells you today not riding a bicycle wouldn't make sense, you know? or a head covering, or 
or 56 kilometers around the, uh, around the city. And, you know, the common sense tells you, ah, okay, what are the principles behind this? Oh, it's, it's obviously, it's we should be away from the city, okay, but we should be close enough to be able to reach the city. Right? Ellen White actually makes that statement precisely that way um, so, that we, so that we are close, so that we can reach them. I know from having worked here for a number of years, it is even, uh, many people complain Wildwood is too close to Chattanooga. Have you heard that complaint before? <laughs> yeah. I know just because, it's just from, what is it? 10 miles maybe, right? 10 miles is hard to overcome to reach Chattanooga. It's hard to overcome. It's costing fuel. It's need, you need vans. I mean, I know, right, from the school. It's, it's very, it's very, it's, it's another expense, and it's a lot of time that is invested to go to the restaurant. I've heard this from the restaurant workers, you know, downtown Chattanooga, and so forth. And so, in the end, to finish the, for your question, where the location is based on market study. It's that simple. The location is determined by understanding the market understanding what your product is and what your market is that you're trying to reach. And so wherever the best location is where those people would come to, that's where you should do it, right? We had a study here on, on, uh, on our restaurant here, a vegetarian restaurant, and it was interesting because all the vegetarians that live in Chattanooga, you know where they live? They live in the... In the where is it? In the northern side. We, we did a market study, actually. They live on the north side of, of, the, of the river. But our restaurant was, yeah, it was on the other side, right? So all the other vegetarian restaurants that did market study, they were all on the other side, you know, where Whole Foods is and so forth, right? So all of them, they, they analyzed and it's like, ah. Oh, this is where all these guys come, right? And so, yeah, anyway. So location, that's, that'll help. That's, that's key, okay, for location. So true theology and common sense help us to, to be able to see all of these things in, in, a, in, a, in the bigger picture, global perspective. Oh, here's the quote that Annex just mentioned. First selected messages, page 57. It's a very important principle that we've been just talking about. Regarding the testimonies, nothing is ignored. Nothing is cast aside. But, here it goes. Time and place must be considered. Regarding the testimonies, regarding her writings, right? Nothing is ignored. So, we cannot ignore anything that she says. Nothing should be set aside. Nothing should be cast aside. It's like, this is not applicable. No. Everything needs to be accepted, but we have to understand the historical context in which it was written so that we know how to apply these things. You know, there's, there's many examples of, of Ellen White. Um, you know, she writes, she writes, we should not eat meat, you know. We should never eat meat, or those that want to be translated will not eat meat. We know these quotes, right? We, we, we use them. <laughs> 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 
and 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 then and then she goes and um, she re she actually uh, there's a guy a Bible worker that was living working in the north farthermost part of Norway, all the way up north, and there's nothing to grow there. Okay, and so he but he was determined he was gonna stay a vegetarian, right? And so he was just determined a Bible worker, and he was losing weight and he was getting getting weaker and weaker and weaker, and finally. Finally, um, she, she, he meets, actually, it's a little bit more complicated. He meets the general conference president, and the general conference president tells him, you know, he's like, he's, the general conference president sees him, and he's like, he's concerned, you know. He's like, you're not looking very healthy here, you know. And, and, the, and the person tells him, you know, yeah, but the thing is, there's nothing to eat. The only thing that there's... That there is 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 beef and things like you know it's like um, what was it called what was the meat up there anyway some animal and and no yeah fish and something and and so they end up and and the and the GC president this is like I think it was George Butler or one of these during that time or Daniels anyway and he and he tells him my brother you know. You need to eat what's up there, okay? You need to eat some some meat. If you can find some beef, eat some beef, you know. And he was like, "Yeah, but Ellen White says that those that want to be translated, you know, are not going to be eating meat." <laughs> and, so, and so he's like, "Do me a favor, eat some meat. I'll take the responsibility," <laughs> or something like this. He said to him. And and so he goes back, and he was a little bit concerned, you know, the JC president of what he had said because of the Ellen White quote. But he's like, common sense, okay, from the other one. Common sense, you know. He's like, this does not make sense. He's got to eat something. And so, and so he goes and, 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 and visits Ellen White because he's concerned. He's, he wanted to tell him the right thing. And so he goes and tells, tells Ellen White. And Ellen White, uh, he, he, he says, you know, did I say the right thing? I mean, I, you know, I didn't want to mean to degrade any of your writings, you know. But... I'm sure that this is part of your understanding. And so she says, ah, if people would only have some common sense, she says, okay? <laughs> and understand the context in which, in, in which it's written and their context, you know, then they would not abuse my writings so much, she says. So this has happened. I've had so many experiences with missionaries from some of our schools, you know, going to the Amazon. In the Amazon, we were just there last year as part of our tour. And we were in this, in this village, one of these villages. The only thing they eat is fish and farinha, right? Which is like a, a root, a cassava root, something like that, that they, they make into this breaded. So they only bread the fish. That's all they do. They don't eat the the, the thing other, any other way. They just bread the fish, and that's all they eat. Fish with breaded fish. So <laughs> that's all they have, right? So, so, so people were there that, you know, the first thing that they would tell them is, meat is unhealthy, you know, you should eat vegetables and fruit. And don't you have all, these, all this great soil here? You can produce all this stuff. And so they got so offended that they completely shut down the entire village and they're close. Huh? They shut down the entire village against 
these missionaries that were trying to reach them, right? With the health message. Can you believe it? So, so it certainly didn't work, right? So the first thing that we did when we came there, the first thing, that same village where we visited, they asked us, do you eat fish? Now, I've, I grew up a vegetarian. I've never eaten a fish in my life, okay? And I was concerned, you know. I looked at my wife, you know, what do we say? What do we do? And we're like, sure, right? We'll eat some fish. It won't kill us, <laughs> hopefully. And so we eat, and they just welcomed us into their homes, and, and they introduced us to all of the neighbors, and they were just so happy, you know, that, that we were there, and we ate fish. We accepted them how they are, you know? Oh, man, it was, it was very powerful. And I was eating that fish. You would not believe. I mean, I was, I was you know, I never eaten this stuff, so, so I'm like, so I'm eating this, and suddenly it's like, big, these big pieces of, what do you call them? These bones, you know, that the, the fish have. Man, it's dangerous, you know. I'm like, this is going to get stick. I'm going to kill myself, you know. I was worried, you know. But, but yeah, that was, that was my, 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 my experience. But, hey, it really paid off, you know. Thankfully, it was a, it's a clean fish. It's not, you know, I'm not proposing to do any, any nonsense. But you know what I mean, right? So this is really, really important. So we stick to the principles. We know where the boundary is. Of course, we're not going to go into any sin or anything like that. But, but from, from sin to the most ideal, there's a whole spectrum of things, you know. It's like eating, eating meat, you know. Eating meat is, is not a sin, okay. It's not a sin. Biblically, it's not a sin. Jesus also did it. But does that mean that's the most ideal thing? No, of course not. So we're not going to go and just go do that because we can. No, right? We, we, we're moving upward, but God gives us some, some flexibility for us to be able to reach people in the context in which they are, in which they live, right? It's very important, especially when we're doing cross-cultural servanthood, cross-cultural work and ministry and so forth. Very, very important principle. And this was the, this was the point to understand what is the most important thing, what is actually the, the, the major, right? So that we don't focus on minors so much and we don't die on the hill of a minor, right? Um, I, had a, I had a friend, he started a restaurant in Europe and he was so concerned about putting, applying everything that Ellen White writes about restaurant work that, that um, he ended up, he, he's a, a great guy. I mean, he's a genius. He's a hardworking guy. He, he sleeps about four hours a day, four hours a night, and he can live off of that. It's just, that's who, who he is. He's so productive, amazing worker. And he started this restaurant. He's a genius cook. And he's, he, 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 he was working on these things. And then he reads a quote. It's like, oh, we should grow our own, our own stuff. You know? So he starts his own garden as well and running the restaurant. Right? And, then he, and then he reads another quote he, from Ellen White where she says, cooks um, are very effective if they go door to door teaching people in their homes, in their own homes, how to cook. So then he, he realizes, oh, well, then God wants me to do that as well. So, so he gets into, so he running a, he's running a restaurant, 
all week, plus then he tries to take a day off, two days, two afternoons or something like that. He takes off and he goes and goes door to door to do to try to accomplish what Ellen White is saying, you know. And then and then and then he has a problem. I mean, he's just getting into so many things because he's trying to apply everything, you know, and, and he's thinking everything is talking about his restaurant. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, bro, it's not all talking about you, you know. She's talking to different people all the time, you know, and it's like, for you, it would be good to go door to door. It's like, this doesn't mean that it's you, okay? It means that it was him a hundred years ago in his situation. So we need to be, we need to understand our context to see if that's going to really apply to us or not, you know. And so we have to be very careful. He also was concerned. Yeah, but how can we? To a restaurant, he was he was having trouble because he was only serving lunches, and and it was not generating enough income for it to actually be sustainable, and so and so I'm I suggested why why don't you serve suppers as well you know it's not going to be thank you, and so there's not going to be it's not going to be an issue if you do if you do um, if you do if you offer supper he's like yeah but Ellen White says no supper so. You know, we we cannot we cannot serve supper. You know, we're trying to teach him health reform, <laughs> and so and so I'm saying so, but but I'm saying stop a minute. You know, this rest who's this restaurant for? It's for you. Is it for you, or is it for the people out there? Well, if it was for you, then that makes sense. Okay, you're not going to eat on supper, but you've been living this health reform for how many years you know oh well 20 years okay okay so you're in a different level than they are in right for them it's already a step to get a healthy supper or to get a smaller supper or to get a, a lighter supper or something that they and and you combine it with a health talk right or something and but it was just not possible so we had so many so many mis conceived ideas that it was not able for for him to actually survive financially yeah and so the restaurant just closed down last end of last year yeah. because of this yeah because of m many many issues right that he's supposed to be a servant leader and so he has to do everything you know you know that you know all these mis all these all these interesting ideas that that make us do certain things that really God is not asking us to do, but we all have that uh, these um, these interesting ideas. Okay, five minutes, three now, two now. Maybe we'll do that after after in the afternoon. Yeah. Start without a plan. Yeah, starting with the end in mind. That's actually the idea. Starting with the end in mind actually having a plan of where you're going to go from the start the in in business there's a principle called think global act local yeah so think big start small yeah all of these 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 are the principles and interesting self-supporting work is based on this right are the three s's of self-supporting work what are they start simple Start small, start soon. That's right. And interestingly enough, in entrepreneurship out in the world, I took a course with Stanford 
university and they used those same concepts, exactly the same concepts on how to start Silicon Valley startups, okay? Silicon Valley, you know, Uber, Airbnb, all, the, all these most cutting edge companies, this is where they're coming from and they're using these principles that we've learned and we've been teaching in self-supporting work for a hundred years. Amazing, amazing. So the startup and missionary work Entrepreneurship is almost, it's, it's exactly the same process, actually. Just, we have a noble end in mind. We have some, some, some sanctified methodologies. Amen. <laughs> so, so let's take a break, and we'll continue this, this seminar with the next seven ones. These next seven ones are not as, they're not as heavy. So, so we'll do that in the afternoon. All right? to see you there. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.